Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. See, let me go quickly here and get into the word. So today we are talking about the implications of the resurrection. And uh, because last Sunday was Easter, Resurrection Sunday, so we talked about the resurrection, the Lord, to, the road, not Lord, the road to Emmaus. The road to Emmaus. And uh, so today, it's past Emmaus, past the resurrection, post-resurrection. I have a few prophetic words. One, victory for families and reconciliation. Do not harden your heart right now at home. You're spending a lot of time together than you have probably in years. Use this as an advantage. The sense I get is that you might be tempted to harden your heart, stay in your bedroom, and stay out of contact with the people that you should be opening up to now and reaching out and apologizing and forgiving and being forgiven. Please receive that. Soften your heart. Do not harden your heart. God wants to restore you completely. Completely. So receive that. Second is, again, because of this time of rest, there's lots of bodies being healed, being restored. Rest is a restorer. You might not know this, but your body was not designed to depend on medicine, generally speaking. Your body is self-healing. The body was designed by God to self-heal. When you get a cut, it's supposed to heal by itself. Of course, modern medicine has made lots of possibilities where you can either speed that up or whatever, but the body was designed to self-heal. Now, the reason it doesn't self-heal is because of the compromised immunity, and part of what compromises our immunity is lack of rest. And now because God is giving you lots of rest, a lot of you, your bodies are going to be healed there are things that you've carried for years. You've been to the doctor. You've tried different things. They haven't worked. And just by staying home and resting and having sufficient sleep, don't watch all the series. Have sufficient sleep. Just by having sufficient sleep, having meaningful conversations, refuse uh, strife in your house. Strife is not going to do you any good. This is the worst time to bring up issues. Because people have nowhere to go. So please, this is a good time to forgive. So avoid strife, have a lot of rest, drink lots of water, and generally be in health. Many of you are fasting. I know a lot of you are fasting in this season. When they announced another 21 days, you just took it as a cue. Uh, if you're fasting, fast. Uh, and, and just allow your body to be healed. That's a prophetic word. There are lots of things that are going to be completely turned around by the end of these 21 days of lockdown. The third and last word, prophetic word this morning is prophets are rising. Very many prophets. There is, a, there is a spirit of prophecy. Even Saul is prophesying now. He says, now has Saul also become one of the prophets? That was a saying in Israel. It's happening now. There's a prophetic move. There's a prophetic shift. God is looking for people 
who are going to speak the oracles of God. People who are not reporting the news. People who are not reporting what they've seen. People who are not forwarding every scary thing about COVID-19 to your friends' phones. But people who are speaking the prophetic. Look, if it's a conspiracy, if it's whatever it is, where you are in Chitukutwa, you can't do anything about it. Your best shot is to speak the word of God, to start prophesying that you're a disease-free zone, that you're an economic powerhouse, that your family is victorious in this season. So lots of prophets are rising. And this morning I got another word that's in addition to that. Because this prophecy word has been around, even Friday I gave it. Take it, take it, take it. Some of you are thinking you are not among them. You are. Lots. I'm very, what I'm seeing is very many. Because for most of us, the idea we have of a prophet is very few people who either eat locusts and honey and dress in, uh, in, uh, in, in leather or, or something else altogether, you know, sharp suit and all of that. Uh, that's all okay. What I'm saying is that right there, you, you probably, you are that prophet. You, you are that person being called to this ministry of prophecy. Start prophesying in your own home, upon your own children, on your own extended family. Just become prophetic. Be a prophetic people. Amen. Uh, what's the last one? In addition to that prophecy word is, uh, what most people don't know is that a lot of the worship ministry is prophetic ministry. And I'm seeing songs. Songs is what came to me this morning. New songs. Lots of new songs. Some of you are going to be receiving a song a day for 21 days. All you have to do is write it down. Write it down. Don't get too busy. Receive it. Write it down. Receive it. Write lots of songs. What I'm seeing is songs are going to come out of this season that are going to carry people through so much. Every time the enemy tries to bring oppression, songs come out. The people of the Lord start singing. Songs out of Egypt. Songs out of Babylon. Songs out of slavery. Songs out of appetite. Songs out of disease, uh, oppression, and economic situations. There's lots of songs. Prophetic songs are going to come out. So write those songs down. Worship leaders, worshipers, uh, write those songs down. Let's get the word of God going. Now let me get to the word this morning. We're talking about being raised with Christ. Raised with Christ. I don't even have a story for you. They will come as we go. Take me to Colossians chapter 3. Verses, let's start with verses 1 to 4. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> when I was eight years old, eight, eight, 80, that's in the future, I will have done about uh, two thirds of my life. <clears throat> when I was eight years old, my my dad was shot dead. Uh, what's interesting is that a few days before that event happened, it must have been maybe a week, two weeks or three, I was, we grew up in the village, so I was in the village primary school where my mom was a teacher, and my dad used to go to town to work, and I was standing in the football field around, during break time, it was somewhere between 10 and 11 a.m., and I saw in my mind's eye, I got the impression of my dad being dead. Now, because I was young, I, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't, 
I couldn't do anything about it. I, I just brushed it off. Two weeks later, I saw he was dead. He was shot dead. And so our lives began in earnest. Six children, I'm the last of the six. And our mom was a primary school teacher in the village. So then uh, it, it became a fight. We've, we, we've had to depend on the grace of God and the fatherhood of God to get where we are now. So we, we, we are the kind of people who we look at what people look, call bad news and we laugh. <laughs> but uh, because I was so young, uh, I was only eight, I had sort of experienced my dad, but not really that much. So one of the things I look forward to is meeting my dad in heaven. Uh, when it comes to the Bible, you either believe all of it or none of it. God has not given us the choice of choosing what parts to believe. And when you talk about the resurrection and the fact that it is the hope of the believer, I need you to take that seriously because you might be reading yourself into stuff that compares you to a cow that has no soul or to a cabbage and you're thinking your life is just molecular arrangement and cells and you're going to go the way of all of that. That's just your body. You're more than a body. A cow has lungs, you have lungs. You have a nose, the cow has nose. You have hair, the cow has more. You have four limbs, the cow has four limbs. You have a stomach, the cow has four. But you can't compare yourself to a cow. That's why you eat the cow. Legally. Legally, moreover. <laughs> you can't compare. You are not an animal. Human beings are not animals. You have a soul and you have a spirit. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, you live in a body, and Jesus died and was raised, and in your spirit you were raised with him, and the idea is that we should be walking in that resurrection and that victory until we shed off this body, go to heaven, and then we will come with him and we shall reign with him. Paul writes and says, Comfort one another with these words. Verse 1 of chapter 3 of Colossians. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. Who is raised? In other words, you died and were raised. In God, when Christ who is our life appears, when, not if, then you also will appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, I like what that man said. I, I was listening to him and said, he fears and loves Jesus so much that whatever Jesus says in his word, he believes it and he preaches it with all his heart. He said that, if Jesus had said that Jonah swallowed the whale, well, okay, he would have preached it with all his heart that Jonah swallowed the whale. As opposed to the whale swallowing Jonah. Because people up to now have a problem with the whale swallowing Jonah. Now imagine if God had said that Jonah swallowed the whale. You would have serious issues with it, but some of us would preach it with all our hearts because we've seen God. Now, he takes it for granted that we understand, that we know 
we understand that we were raised with Christ. That's why he says, if then you were raised with Christ. Now it might be like, I'm seated right here in Kololo, Naguru, Lugala, Masanafu, Chanja, Chitukutwe, Chisasi, Najera, Jinja, Iganga, Mbarara, Masaka. What do you mean I was raised with Christ? That's why I'm saying your spirit, soul, and body. So you were raised with Christ. Take me to 2 Corinthians 4, 5, 14, 15, and we look at this. <coughs> he says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Past tense. In the mind of God, you died. Why? Because Christ died for you, he died for all. You died. You paid the ultimate penalty for sin. The wages of sin is death. One man of God said that it's interesting how we deal with the sinner. He says, you can take the sinner to church every Sunday. You can teach the sinner how to read his Bible. You can teach the sinner how to tithe. You can teach the sinner how to love his wife. You can teach the sinner how to love their neighbor. You can teach the sinner how to stay home during COVID. You can teach the sinner all these things. But God demands one thing of the sinner. Execution. The sinner must die for the wages of sin is death. And all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Execution is the person of the sinner. Death. But here is the beautiful thing. Christ died our death for us so that we can live his life for him. Christ died our death for us so we can live his... <laughs> Let me show you. It's, next, it's actually the next one. It says, and, he, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. In other words, don't live Bithri's life. Don't live Angela's life. Don't live Jeremy's life. Don't live Moses' life. But for him who died for them. and was In other words, he died our death so we could live his life. In other words, we expected to live the quality of life of Jesus. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Say, I died and I was raised with him. You died. You died. Paul just takes it for granted. You understand you died. You died. And not only did you die, but you were raised. That's why he says, he died for all that. Those who live, because if you stayed, stayed dead, then you can't live his life. But because you died and we are raised, well, when you died, you, oh my goodness, this, this is too deep. When you died in Christ, when you died, you died Angela. When you are raised, you are raised Jesus. That's, you're, not, you're not an improvement of the earth. If, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have died with Christ. Behold, now all things are new and now all things are of God. All things are of God. This is what we call being spiritually minded because some of you are scratching your head, you're growing a new wrinkle in your brain because you can't understand how I'm saying that you died and you were raised when you're like, I've never died, I've never died. But now what's going on? You're about to find out. Romans 6.4, Romans 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That's why Jesus commanded, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nation. What's the first thing? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo, I'm with you always until the end of the age. Baptism is a command. Some of you think it's an opinion. You, you, you are trying to choose. No, it's a command. Because when, when it, in baptism, you are buried. That's why they put you below the water. I'm not going to go into the different arguments about different types of baptisms. I'm talking about the one in the text, baptizo, which means immersing below the meniscus. Some of you don't know what a meniscus is. School fees is aika. There's a negative meniscus and a positive meniscus, depending on how full the vessel is. Ha, ha, molecules. Anyway, so they, they put you below the meniscus. That's dying. But they don't leave you there. They bring you out. If whoever is trying to baptize you leaves you there too long, that's not baptism. It's attempted murder, like distributing food without authority. Anyway, so <laughs> we died with him, and we were raised. So it says, we were buried through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, who have been raised to life through him, should walk in the newness of life. Newness of life. These are the implications of the resurrection. We don't just celebrate Easter as a holiday, do eggs, which is whatever. Hey, by the way, eggs. <laughs> I will not push that line of thought. Easter eggs. <laughs> Some people are eating them in abundance this morning. So... <laughs> Sunny inside joke. Don't, don't be left out. So, <laughs> even so, we should walk in newness of life. You see? Ephesians 2 4 to 7. Ephesians 2 4 to 7. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul is taking it for granted. You understand that you died and were raised. I'm, I'm yet to even address the issue of what to do with that whole resurrection. <laughs> but I'm still emphasizing the issue of resurrection. Let me share with you a few things that may be helpful to some of you, if you can take it. So you are spirit and soul and body. First Corinthians, First Thessalonians 5.23 stresses that. May your whole spirit and soul and body be uh, preserved and found blameless. In, you know, maybe indeed, maybe indeed. But your spirit and soul and body. So you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. You can't deny that as a human being. I can touch you without touching you. 
I just say something bad to you, and then I see your face changing. Or I can say something good to you. How did I touch you? What happened to your face? Why are you smiling? <laughs> because I touched your soul without physically touching you. So you are spirit and soul and body. I'm reminded of this thing I had from a man of God who said that in the former days there were giants in the land, the ones we read about in the Old Covenant, like Goliath and his brothers. Those days to be a leader, to be something, you, 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 you had to be big in body. Like Bithri could not have been a leader in the days of Goliath. That's why in those days, all the leaders were men, because the women, uh, the Bible calls them the weaker vessel. Their, their power is not in man, not muscle. Women's power is not in muscle. Women's power is somewhere else. Head, heart. Okay? So, so those days, to, to power, power depended on how big you are and how thick your muscles were. Body, yeah? The some of us have suffered uh, mergers, violent takeovers, and others. So, yeah, we will not show you anything. But those were the days. Your power depended on how powerful your body was. So when Israel was looking for a king, they had to find Saul because he was head and shoulders above the rest. So he could lead them in battle. Those days are long gone. The giants of today are not physical giants. The giants of today are not giants of the body. The giants of today are giants of the soul, giants of the mind, inventors of, of things. The people who invent things, the Bill Gates of this world, who invent things, and because of their inventions and, and their minds, they become leaders and rulers in the world. They don't need a title. They just invent things, and then they are leaders. So nowadays... To be a champion, to be a giant, you must use your brain. Use your mind. That's what makes you a giant. Yes, exercise for the health of the body, but don't depend on the body. But so if we are spirit and soul and body, and there have been giants of the body in the land, there have been giants of the mind in the land, it goes without saying that there is one more category of giants we have starting to see in part, but we haven't yet seen fully. Those are giants of the spirit. A time is going to come when it will not be your inventions and your wisdom up here. It will be how much of the Holy Spirit are you able to dispense of that which you have. That's what will determine whether you're a giant or not. And those times have come. The time has come. The time is now. That's what I'm talking about, prophets rising. Thank you, Jesus. So your spirit, soul, and body. So what happens is that you live your life sort of in phases. So if you're born again like I am, and uh, if you are not, don't worry, you're going to do it today. You are, when you got born again, your spirit, when you say you're a new creature, all things are passed away, that's not your mind or body. You, you said a sinner's prayer today, some of you. Then you'll check your fingers will still be five. Your height will be the same. If you have a little more weight than you want, it will still be the same. Nothing changes in your body when you get born again. 
until you start doing something about the body. And nothing changes in your mind when you get born again. If you didn't like math, you'll still not like math until you renew your mind and start liking math. Integration, differentiation, numerical methods, and other things. If you don't understand those things, it's okay. So it's your spirit that got born again. It is your spirit that died with Christ. It is your spirit that was raised with Christ. You operate now from heaven to ask if you're spiritually minded. Chris Vallotton said, you can, those who are not spiritually minded, they operate from earth to heaven. But those of us who are spiritually minded, we operate from heaven to earth. We don't pray as if we are earthlings petitioning heaven. No, 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 no. We pray like heavenly beings setting order on earth. That's how Jesus prayed. How many? The only time Jesus prayed like an earthling was when he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. When he got there and said, okay, let's pray. He prayed and even said, Father, I, I know I don't need to be doing this, but I'm doing it for their sake. And then, okay, now it's over. Remove the stone. Lazarus, come forth! That's prayer. The Bible declares that the, 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 the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5, 14, 15, 16, they're about 17. It says, Elijah was a man with like passions like us. If you could actually find me James chapter 5, verse 16, 17, I think this is going to bless someone. Okay. Uh, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Next verse. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So he's talking about fervent prayer, how it works. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So one prayer was earnest, one was not. Do you want to know the earnest prayer? The earnest prayer, he showed up in Ahab's palace and says, as long as the Lord God of Israel before whom I stand lives, it shall not rain except until I say so. And he walked off. That's honest prayer. That's honest prayer. Was he talking to God? No. He was speaking God's authority to the situation, to the king and saying, it's not going to rain until I, not God, until I say so. My goodness. He says, as, uh, can someone find me that scripture? First Kings 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. That's the, verse 1. It's actually the beginning of this chapter. Verse 1. Yeah? Verse 2. Verse 2, verse 2. Mm. Keep going. No, this feminine as a result of his, what he said. It is before. Go to chapter 17. Chapter 17. First Kings 17. Yeah, that's it. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And then he got out. That's honest prayer. 
That's authority. Do you know, that, you know one of the key things there is before whom I stand? Yes. Before whom do you stand? Where do you stand? If, if you stand before the television, you can't do these kind of things. If you stand before God, you can show up and say, as long I have said there shall be no sickness in this house. There shall be no sickness in this church. There shall be no sickness on this property. There shall be no sickness in this village until I decide otherwise. Before whom he stands. Take me back to James. That's where we were. So we were saying this is the honest prayer. Honest prayer. Honest prayer is not begging God, Lord, eh, then you gather everyone into your unbelief system. But now, let's pray. Let's pray. Who said? Who said that's prayer? That's not honest prayer. Honest, it's fear best prayer. Honest prayer is pick up your bed and walk. You're operating from heaven to earth. Stretch forth your hand. You're a disease free zone. Rise and be healed. Yes. Yes. Let, let down your net on the other side. <laughs> Child of God, the resurrection already happened. We are in a dispensation of authority and victory. And get off your bed, get off your TV, get off whatever it is that you're using as a, as a, as a coping mechanism and get into the word of God and start speaking with authority. So that's honest prayer. And, says, and he prayed again and he trained. The prayer where it's not honest is where he put his knees between the legs and kept saying, sending the servant, go and check if there is something. And there is nothing. Then he continues praying. That's unbelief because you have to first see it before you believe it. How did we end up here? Talking about spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> Operating from heaven to earth. You're operating from heaven to earth. If you believe you're seated with him in the heavenly places, you can operate from heaven to earth. That's your portion. Your portion is to operate from heaven to earth. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. But to be carnally minded is death. Amen. I just really want to encourage you. I, I, I don't want to come and sit with you and we cry together. This is not the time to cry together. We are at war, my friend. We are at war. All those doomsdayers who are saying how many people are going to die in Africa of COVID, we have to stop those prophecies. We have to stop those prophecies. He says, every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. He doesn't say you shall keep quiet and be polite about it. No. No one is going to die. No one in my family is going to die of COVID. No one in this church is going to die of COVID. I, I, I refuse you, Satan. You have no authority in this place. Pack up your bags and get out of here. We speak life. We are disease freezer and it shall be so until Jesus comes. When it's our time to die, we'll die like Jacob. We gather people, bless them, and then put our legs up on the bed, put the head back, and go. That's how we plan to die. We are not going to die like flies. No, we will die like blessed people. You die properly. You organize yourself. Call everyone you need to bless, bless them. It's okay, let's sing a song. You sing a song. It's okay. Uh, guys, bye-bye. Put your legs up, put your head down, and die in an organized way.
That's how saints are supposed to die. I refuse to participate in this unbelief. I haven't finished the revelation for you, by the way. So, spirit, you died and you were raised and you're seated in the heavenly places with Christ and you're parried from there. So the day you got born again is the day you died and we are raised in your spirit. Now, your soul is still alive on the earth. The day you die, this is what we call dying, sleeping for the saints, giving up the ghost. The day you die, this alleged dying of, of normal people, is when your soul will be renewed. You receive a new soul. Until then, you're supposed to renew your mind, to renew your soul. Until then, your work is to renew your soul. But that day you die, you'll get a new soul. That's why Jesus looked at the, 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 the thief. There were two thieves on the side of Jesus and said, one said, eh, you know, whatever, perform a miracle. Then the other said, don't you understand this is a righteous man? And Jesus said that you will, today you will be with me in paradise. That very day, that man was going to be with Jesus in paradise. Why? Because when you die, when your body dies, your soul is released and you're no longer subjected to the unbelief of the world and the things you've been thinking. So your mind is completely in tune with your spirit. Okay? So that's phase two of dying. So phase one of dying is your spirit died and was raised with Christ. Phase two is when the day your body gives up, your soul will die and be raised with Christ. And then when Christ comes in glory, because the day you die, even your body will die, you will get a new body. So that's the three phases. Three phases. That's why the three phases. A code of three cannot easily be broken. Everything is in threes. Spirit, soul, and body. First heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Uh, liquid, solids, gases. Father, son, Holy Spirit. Uh, father, mother, children. Everything is in threes. Sun, moon, and stars. Everything is in threes, my friend. Everything is in threes. Everything is in threes. So if you have received one thing, and two things, and there's a third one missing, ask yourself, where is that third thing? Even in our giving, we have offerings, tithing, and first fruits. Everything is in threes. Yeah, even the baptism. You get born again, baptism of the spirit. Uh, you get baptized, baptism of the body, and then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptism of the soul. Everything is in threes. I'm just telling you, everything is in threes. But let me get back to the point. If you were raised with Christ. You were raised with Christ. Gav stressed this point of being raised with Christ. Did we reach? Did we read Ephesians 2? I think we did. So, now that you understand you were raised with Christ, you were raised with Christ. What then? Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind. Now, seeking is not 
just walking around and peradventure I find the keys. No, 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 no. Seeking is, it's time to go. You can't find the keys. Now, you're not driving in this season, but walk into that time when you are driving and will be soon. And you have misplaced the keys. Then you start looking for them. That's seeking. He's saying that's the attitude we should have about the things which are above. Above. We should be seeking. Seeking is intentional. You don't seek. Find you. What are you doing? I'm seeking. No. <laughs> you are not seeking anything. You are. Um, yeah, you're not seeking. So seeking is very intentional. He says, seek those things which are above. How do you know? Where Christ is. Is. Where Christ is. In other words, the things that are in Christ. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. And then he says, verse 2. Set your mind. On things above, not things. Now, you don't set your mind like, mm. you think about something, then you think about something else, then you think about that other thing. That's not setting your mind. That's being double-minded. That's why he says a double-minded man shall receive nothing. Set your mind. Think about concrete when it is wet. How you get concrete is you mix cement, sand, aggregate, and water. And when it is wet, it is very easy to manipulate. You can kologa it, kuyuga it, you can pour it, you can transfer it. But once that concrete sets, that's it. In other words, have you heard that, the, 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 the term cast in stone? Yes. Or cast in concrete? That's what it means. Your mind needs to be cast in concrete on the things above. <laughs> Where Christ is. What are these things? These are the things that have been freely given to us by God. These are the heavenly things. To focus on our heavenly reality. Our spirit is our heavenly reality, not our flesh. That's why it is called faith. Faith is about setting your mind on the things that you do not see, but you know they are there. You speak as God speaks. God does not speak the things he sees. No, God speaks the things he doesn't see. And then they become. He's saying that's what you should do. Uh, set your mind. Fic, be fixated. <laughs> be fixated on the things of the spirit. The things which are above. How do you know which ones they are? They're in, the, in your Bible. Your Bible corresponds to what's in your spirit. By his stripes I was healed. That's the thing of the spirit. And once you are fixated, it doesn't matter how much pain, how much itching, how much whatever is going on wherever. Oh, your mind is made up, is set 
on the fact that you were healed. You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, although he was rich, and yet for your sake he became poor, that's 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that you through his poverty might be made rich, then you set your mind on that. Your wallet will scream all kinds of things every time you open it. You check and there's a brown note and it has no five on it. <laughs> hey. And we'll be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, wallet. <laughs> wallet, I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing there. However, my mind is set. My mind is set on the things which are above. Let me see if I can get out of this mode because my time is running. Romans 8, 5 to 6. Romans 8, 5 to 6. About setting your mind. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. The transitory things. The changing things. The weather. The weather report. The World Health Organization report. The economic report. Things of the flesh. To live according to the flesh is to set your mind on the things of the flesh. How am I feeling? You follow your feelings. Feelings are completely unreliable. As they have language. <laughs> Very unreliable. If you're a feelings person, you're very difficult to work with, to live with, to be married to. Because to, we don't know how you'll wake up. You lack consistency. If you're feeling low, then say, Lord, death for everyone in the house. You enter a room and the lights just go off by themselves. Everywhere you go is gray. You are the gray distribution company. Why? You follow your feelings. You set your mind on the things of the flesh. You follow your feelings. You follow your physical reports. You follow what your body is telling you. You want to sleep with someone, you sleep with someone. As if you are a chicken. You've set your mind on the things of the flesh. It's not good. It's not good. Spiritual maturity is to rise above your body and your soul. That's what spiritual maturity is. Spiritual maturity is when you give, not based on what you have. You rise about, above your bank balance. You don't give based on your bank balance. No, 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 no. You give according to what the Holy Spirit is saying. That's spiritual maturity. You don't first examine the physical reality to obey God. Spiritual maturity is when you wake up to pray because you've got a prompting to pray regardless of the time. You don't say, no, 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 but it is still whatever time. I need to still sleep. That's because then you're following your body. Spiritual maturity is putting your flesh where it belongs in submission to your spirit. Your flesh includes both your soul and your body. 
That's spiritual maturity. The people who make spiritual progress, they tell the body what to do. They tell their soul what to do. Some of you are deceived into thinking that everything your mind tells you is healthy for you. No! Your mind, your mind is like a scanner. It just scans the spiritual environment like, a, like, like, like an antenna. And so many spiritual uh, realities are being transmitted all over the place. Right here where you are, you have MTN, you have Airtel, you have Radio Uganda. <laughs> you have DSTV. All those waves are there. Now imagine that in the spirit, that's the same thing. There's death waves going around. There's sickness waves going around. There's broke waves going around. There's healing waves going around. Spiritual maturity is when you tell your mind you're going to take only the thing I want. Like this phone, I'm on MTN. So this phone is not allowed to pick up other signals. And a simultaneous call you TV. Over UBC. Over Airtel. About what? Those are all good for those who want those. But because I'm on MTN, it's only, it's a, this phone is only allowed to receive mobile telecommunication network Uganda limited signals. Everything else is excluded. That's what I'm talking about. What is your mind allowed to receive? For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Everything, all the sewage of the earth is going through your system. You even pay for it and then watch it. And after you've watched it, you're depressed. And then you blame God. Look, you've invested. God is not mocked for what a man sows that he shall reap. If you invest in, in depressing yourself, you will reap depression. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Please prepare for me Galatians 5.22. I, I may end up ending up there. For to be carnally minded, to set your mind on the things of the flesh, is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded, setting your mind on the things of the spirit, is life and peace. Life and peace are available to you, my brother, my sister. Life and peace are available. No payment required. Free. 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 Look, everyone is in lockdown. In case you thought it's a trick and you are the only one. No, everyone is. But people are experiencing it differently. Other people are having life and peace during lockdown. Other people are writing books, like I'm writing three books right now current, concurrently. Other people are writing songs every day. Other people are whatever. People are working. They have work from all over the world. You, you are there sucking your thumb and being depressed. How did you get yourself there? You set your mind on the things of the flesh. 
Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. 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 Trans means to, ch- it, 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 trans is shift. Like there's transport. Transmit. Transfigure. It's change. Trans means to change, to shift. So transformed, it is to change form. You change form. You change the form. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You change the form of your bank account. (laughs) You You change the form. How? Renewing your mind. By setting your mind on the things above. That, that you may prove. That you may prove. To prove is to make proof of. That you may provide evidence of the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've not always won in life. I've not always won at life. There are things even now which still disturb me where I'm fighting. But the last person I'm going to blame is God. I know that whatever is not yet working the way I want it to work, it's because there is something I don't know yet. There is something I've not set my mind on yet. There is somewhere where I have not shifted form. Shifted form. Because once you're transformed, once you shift form, then you present proof of the perfect will of God. When it says, by his stripes we were healed, you have the evidence. <laughs> when it says, we, he, he became poor that we might become rich, you have the evidence. When he says that, <laughs> when he says that Christ has become for us wisdom, you have the evidence. You have the evidence. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know him, because they are spiritually discerned. But he is spiritual judges all things. Uh, for who, we have the mind of, you have the evidence. Give me the evidence. Colossians, no, Galatians 5, 22. Give me the evidence. Um, as these friends come back here and join me. Because I, 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 I need to be removed from this pulpit. Give me the evidence. This is the evidence. You make proof of this evidence. You make proof of this evidence. Come here, me take this, this pulpit away. You make proof of this evidence. When you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. What are these? Come, 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 sisters. But the fruit of the Spirit <laughs> is what? Love. In other words, love ceases. Listen. Love ceases to be an ethereal spiritual thing that people sing about on the radio. Love becomes manifested. You you become the evidence of love. People who have never felt a little single thing of love, they come in your presence and suddenly they don't. I've heard a lot about love. They've sung a lot about love, but now I can see it. I can feel it. I can receive it. You become the incarnation, the manifestation, the evidentiation of love. 
the proof of love. Until even your spouse starts talking about it. Like, the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. My goodness. Joy. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Joy, because it's in the spirit. It says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, joy. So, people, when they are trying to figure out what does joy, joy ceases to be this thing that's out there that's a spiritual thing. Joy becomes a physical reality. Wait, wait, peace. Hmm. Peace. You become the incarnation of peace. It says, peace I give to you, my peace. I live with you. Yeah. Peace. You become the evidence of peace. Like Jesus. Yeah. Skilled fishermen are not only throwing boat off a, uh, water off a boat, they're also crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you're busy, you yeah. can't swim. No. Yeah, you're still learning. I tell you, Corona put an end to your learning process. You are with skilled fishermen on a boat. On your way to Sese Island, no. then they start crying because the boat is going 15 feet up, 15 feet down. But you are sleeping on a pillow. That's called peace incarnated. And then you get up and say, then, then finally the fishermen figure out this, this, this sorry, allow us. This cadal here. I remember when we went for that. Somewhere, and then they thought you were a vacuum. They couldn't believe it. Fishermen figure out why this girl, why is she sleeping on this? Why, why is she sleeping on a pillow in this? Maybe there is something she knows that we don't know. Or why? We are dying, don't you? Like, peace. Evidencing. You are evidencing. You are evidencing. You're evidencing peace. Long suffering, patience. You evidence it. Even some of you now, you think we are supposed to have finished the service at 12 o'clock. But you are not going anywhere. So now you are evidencing long suffering, patience, kindness. Kindness. Now we need kindness in this season. With everyone running across the other in that small apartment, kindness has to take root. People are tripping, people are quarreling. Some parents now you've become a judge. Or Kusalami Sango 24-7. Kakati, if you don't have your kindness heart on. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such it fails me. The time will fail me to go into all of it, but let me finish with this. Colossians 4, 4. But it makes sense when we start at 2. Colossians 4, 4, but start at 2. 
closing. We are closing. This is the first closing. <laughs> Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. So to speak, to speak this way, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. In other words, the way you and I ought to speak is to make it manifest. We evidence it. We manifest it. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Friends, that's it. That's what we are talking about. So set your mind on the things above that you may make it manifest. To be kindly minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right now, let's, let's, let's start. Let's conclude. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.